At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. So before we get started with our podcast today, I want to thank Versa, Space for Growth, at uh, 1201 Dublin Road. This is where we're recording today's podcast in Studio 3. I'd encourage anybody to come and check out Versa for some co-working opportunities. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Here's Michelle Wilson, Executive Director of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Well, this is Michelle Wilson. I am with the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership, and today I am with Wally Lynch. He is the CEO of Zipline Logistics in the Tri-Village area. So thank you for joining me, Wally. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. I um, often have... um, I, I know a little bit more about the people that I'm talking to. So um, this is exciting because I don't. And so this is a new territory for me. And um, when I talked to Kent Studebaker, who's the mayor of the village of Marble Cliff, where your business is, he was really excited to have you on here. So I'm glad he made that connection. And um, he said, you know, let's, let's talk to Zipline Logistics. And I said, you know, here's what I know about logistics. There should be crickets inserted right there. So, Brett, during editing, you should put some cricket noises right there. So this is why I'm excited because this is the favorite part of of my job at the chamber is learning what all the businesses in our area, uh, what they specialize in. So what is logistics all about? What is logistics? Yeah. Great question. Is it data? I I don't know. It sounds so intimidating. Well, it it, it seems to encompass more and more every day. Um, You know, I think UPS, it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. I love logistics. I can't quite remember what it was. And, and um, back then I thought to myself, delivering packages, you know, to someone's front door yeah. uh, isn't logistics, but it certainly is, right? Hmm. Um, logistics and supply chain encompass um, everything from sourcing product, um, getting the product to the plant, getting the finished goods or partially finished goods to the next step. Uh, getting them into distribution centers, um, and then from there, you know, ultimately to where the customer decides to purchase. That could be from a warehouse through an e-com solution um, or to a retail location. Is it all trucking? Am I completely wrong in just assuming that it's mostly trucking? No, it, it, logistics are it's multimodal, as we would okay. say, right? So it is, of course, the over-the-road trucks that you'll see, the, the 53-foot dry vans that, that have you know skids or pallets full okay. of product. Uh, could be drums. You could see tankers, which are bulk carriers. Um, you could see shorter trucks. They're typically less than truckload carriers, right? They might have multiple different types of freight on board. Uh, you have rail. You have air. Okay. Uh, you have intermodal, a mix between uh, train and truck. Um, and, of course, you have all the works with the steamship lines, uh, the uh, containers. So wow. it's, yeah, there's... They're, they're, so much more than yes, trucking. <laughs> so much more than trucking. And then, of course, you've got... Uh, everything from parcel to the U.S. Postal Service. My goodness. Yeah. So why logistics for Wally? That's a great question. It's not where I began my career. 
um, at all. Um, I started in uh, the investment banking and investment management world in Chicago. Um, and Chicago is uh, one of the largest um, third-party logistics hubs uh, in the, on the planet. And my little brother graduated from college, moved up to Chicago, was living on my wife and I's couch for some time. We thought it <laughs> I'm would sure be, he's going to love hearing we that. Would do, well, he, that's why he's my little brother. <laughs> he, we thought it would be a good idea to maybe get him a job. And uh, we had some connections at uh, the world's largest third-party logistics company called C.H. Robinson. And they have a massive thousand-person trading floor uh, in downtown Chicago with a young population. And we had some contacts there. And um, so we, we got him an interview. And then he got himself a job um, and got him off our couch. So um, <laughs> my journey, did I didn't know then, started with logistics by just simply trying to get my brother out of, uh, out of my house. And... Um, uh, he really enjoyed it. He was extremely successful. Um, I was enjoying and having good success in, in um, the finance world, um, traveling a bit. But both of us thought we could do something together. Um, our father um, was an entrepreneur for a long time, um, and we just we just had this itch to do something. We didn't know what it hmm. was. In fact, um, early discussions back in the early 2000s, um, my brother would say, we can do anything but this, anything but transportation, really? right? And wow. I'll get to kind of why. Um, we started with a conversation, said anything but this, and then ended up ended up doing it. Um, it was really because um, uh, the work my brother was doing was really only one side of the transaction. Um, the work he was doing in Chicago had to do around sourcing capacity, so finding those carriers, whether they're trucks, trains, what have you. Um, but he didn't have a lot of experience on the customer side, right? Um, he could shepherd the transaction from A to B. Um, but he didn't have uh, any experience in sourcing the clients at that point in his career, sourcing the clients, addressing their needs, communicating with the client. Um, so we were really missing sort of half the equation. Okay. And of course, I didn't have any background uh, per se in logistics, but I, I was ready uh, to provide capital, provide guidance in the background around legal and accounting and the startup mm -hmm. and business plan and, and work like that. And um, it was actually at a Cubs game um, that my brother went to with what is now one of our co-founders, J.J. Roadheffer. Um, who also worked at, at C.H. Robinson, but on the customer side. And oh. they went to a Cubs game together, and they'd known each other professionally, sort of almost virtually in, in the big office, mm -hmm. um, but had never met face-to-face. Um, -face. And that was really the start of um, the idea. Uh, J.J. Um, was having the same problems my brother was, which was, listen, you know, we're being we're, we're very successful here, what we're doing. We're making a lot of money at a very young age, but... I'm having trouble looking myself in the eye <laughs> in oh, the morning. Wow. Um, you know, the business is set up to serve, you know, the the company first. Sure. The employee's pocketbook. The client and the carrier partners are a distant, you know, third and fourth, um, if that. And I want to be able to do, do it a better way. We see that there was a huge service gap in the space, right? And so my brother just called me up one day and said, I changed my mind. I think we should do this. And I said, well, I, I got to ask why. Yeah. Right? That's a pretty big 180. <laughs> He said, I found the guy. Um, it's a perfect fit. He knows he's been very successful on the other side of the business from us. And he's thinking exactly the same way we are, that there's an opportunity here just to be a better service provider. Yeah. So we didn't invent, you know, a new light bulb or anything like that. It was it was simply the idea that we could do it a little bit better. And our value propositions evolved, you know, dramatically right. from that. But um, the, the genesis of that was just, you know, meeting the right people at the right time, yeah. at the right stage of your life, um, and deciding that you wanted to just do things just a little bit differently. It's really cool to hear that he wanted to do things for the right reason, mm -hmm. you know, that you, they were doing fine. They were mm -hmm. doing very well, it sounds like, but, uh, I love hearing the, uh, 
the, the human side of it and, you know, the real side of it that, that they wanted to connect with people differently. So Chicago, you said it was the third, it's the third largest hub? Well, for specifically for what we do within logistics, mm-hmm. so third-party logistics, we, we don't own any warehouses or any trucks. We just coordinate the shipments. So okay. we have 25,000 carriers under contract. Like I said, that could be take any different any kind of mode. Um, and then we have about 300 core clients that we work with in the consumer goods space. And our job is to solve for their transportation needs with that network of carriers. But we actually right. don't own the trucks. We don't employ the drivers directly or own any of the warehouse space. So uh, what we would call... Um, domestic transportation management and that's part of the logistics world Mm -hmm. chicago is the probably the global hub okay um there's a number of large players there it's a big startup system there so um though we had success professionally there and in third-party logistics we knew we didn't want to open up our business um not just in in our former employer's backyard but also in an expensive city that that um you know had a lot of competition for, for talent are you from there? I'm from Cincinnati. So oh, my brother okay. and I are from Cincinnati. All right. And, and JJ and we had a fourth founding partner who's no longer with us. We're both from northern Ohio. So okay. I'd like to say that, you know, I'd like to tell you that we knew New Columbus was going to have this great 10-year run of growth. And that yeah. um, it was a, this this awesome transportation logistics ecosystem. <laughs> but but really, nobody wanted to move home. <laughs> gotcha. And um, Which is what, why I was asking. Yeah. It's like, how did you get to Columbus? And, I you know, I was thinking Chicago is, is Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it has... Uh, so many people and there's people there's uh, so much going on there yeah. and it has the great lakes and all that mm-hmm. stuff so i was making some assumptions and then columbus is of course you know f- it's 500 miles away from two-thirds of the population mm-hmm. of the united states right. so is that why you ended up in columbus sure sure let's say that <laughs> let's go with that theory it, 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 well actually the part of the story was I, I was moved um i was working with the company i had started with out of school um, was purchased by Lehman Brothers in 2003, and in late 2005, they actually moved me to Cincinnati. Okay. So in 2005, which was about two years before we officially founded Zipline Logistics, um, I was already back in Ohio. Um, so I was in Cincinnati. Um, these three were in Chicago, knew we wanted to leave Chicago. Um, we didn't want to put the business in northern Ohio, knowing that I needed to be part of it. It had to be somewhere closer. Uh, my wife still wonders why started a business a hundred miles from home, but, um, you know, it, it, it's made a lot of sense. And Columbus has been, I I mean, besides the decision, besides probably the, the, the fortune of having Andrew and JJ meet sort of solving that problem and Mm -hmm. having the same desires to do something on their own and being at at the same stage in life and with their early success and the the skills that they picked up then, I would say that, uh, choosing Columbus as our home was probably, you know, the, one of the best decisions we've made Great. as a business. Well, we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back to Zipline early 2000s. And you were still working another job, I read. Mm-hmm. And so it took you about five years, six years mm-hmm. to, to come on board full-time as, as CEO. But what did it look like then? Like how many people and and, and what does it look like now? Sure. Um, well, it, little known part of our history is our very first 12 months were just literally – maybe, you know, a three wood away down the road here, okay. 1391 Dublin Road, in an office that was way too big for our four desks um, that we'd somehow decided to put in the middle of the room. Um, <laughs> so wires hanging down from the ceiling. There was one small, tiny window. The landlord had um, built out a bathroom for us, kind of, 
Um, kind of. Ugh. And it was, you know, and this was, you know, I've made many mistakes in business, but probably signing a lease there was 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 one of them. But uh, it must have, and I can't even recall, but it must have been a, it must have been a one year deal or some must there must have been a reason. Probably the only thing we could afford. Um, I have no idea why we were. Frankly, I know I know now why we're in this neighborhood. I didn't know know then. <laughs> Um, so we had a, a one year where it was just the four of us, uh, or the three of them. And when I was in town, I could, I, I would participate, um, uh, with them. And, and that was a difficult year. Um, in fact, in the first year, um, our former employer, you know, sued us for, for non-compete, non-solicitation. Oh, so we had okay. a, you know, we had to battle through, um, you know, very expensive legal process as well as trying to get the business off the ground. Um, you not only do you have to convince customers to do business with you, but you also have to convince carriers to believe it or not that you're paying. You have to convince them to do business with you as well, right? Sure. You're not you're an unknown to them. You may not have the credit. Um, so really, we were just trying to convince everybody that we were the, the real deal early on that first year. But we quickly moved over to um, actually over to um, German Village above the, the Happy oh. Dragon on Livingston, where I'm told our stencil on the door for the second floor still there. Wow. Uh, and that was something that was probably eight years ago or something that okay. we were, we were there. Um, it was a good location. My partners lived, my brother and other partners lived almost around the corner. Okay. Uh, so we could walk to work and, um, um, but those first years were consisted of the, you know, the three of them really doing all the heavy lifting without question. And my job was to work in the background. I handled uh, back office finance. I cut checks. I used to drive around with my old job and my job with Lehman Brothers required me to travel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And in the Midwest, it was by car. And I actually carried a printer in the back of my car where I would cut checks for the carriers, right? Because we did a lot of volume. So I would have to wow. cut, you know, $600 checks to ABC trucking and another $1,000 here. And I had to do them quite frequently. And so I had a big box of checks, a printer, envelopes, and I would walk through the hotel lobby carrying the stuff up to my room and, and plug it in, and <laughs> then I'd lick the check, you know, I'd fold the checks, I'd lick them, and then, you know, I, I think I had a roll of stamps, and so that was that was a lot of what I was up to uh, wow. in the very first years, right? So does it look different today? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, cars are Wi-Fi sure enabled, so yeah. you can print it right from your car now. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. So how many, so it was the three of you? Well, four, four of us. Of you. I'm yep. sorry. Yes, yeah. four of you at mm -hmm. the very beginning. And how quickly were you able to overcome some of the the bad stuff, the lawsuit and expensive mm -hmm. legal process and um, a crazy lease and mm -hmm. location and and start feeling like this is going to work, this is going to take off, yeah. and here's what we need to do. Yeah. How 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 did that look? I would think that it was probably in the first. It really took the first two years to really get the get our feet you know underneath us. Um, we hired our first probably our first two employees who are actually still with us today Great. Um, in those first two years um, with the move to the German village was you know much more welcoming atmosphere with large windows and maybe a little bit more of a professional office but still had that young young vibe to mm -hmm. it. Um, it the way we overcame the objections in the marketplace was it was just sheer hustle it was the fact that we knew what we were talking about right and sure you know our 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 business is brand new. We can do things to work around the fact that we, we it's not that we have bad credit. We have no credit. Um, we can explain to you why we're going to make a difference in this marketplace, you know, today. And we want you on for the ride early. Um, it was just a matter of the experience that we were able to take with us and, and being able to talk the talk, which um, you, you still don't get that often in our in our space. So um, it was the, and those first those first two employees were, were critical, right? They, they learned how it is we wanted to do things mm -hmm. um, that we thought and still think are different than what a lot of the major players do in the space. And so um, the first two years, we, we got that that under our, our, our belt. And then an important moment was 
we had had a consultant working with us maybe after year two. And we spent a lot of time on a mission statement and core values, which is looking back sort of seems a little silly with five people in a room, right? Or six people in a room. Um, That's vision. But we were, pl- yeah, we were yeah. planning ahead, right? Because we, we really started the business because not only did we want to be able to look ourselves in the mirror every night or every morning, um, we wanted to be able to ensure that that approach lived beyond the, the four of us. And um, we still have this whiteboard where we wrote out um, some ideas around core values, what became our core values. They were sentences and uh, a mission statement that was developed from that. And we didn't know it at the time, but we wrote it in permanent marker. <laughs> and so, awesome. which is funny because there's like misspellings and it's probably, I think my brother is the worst handwriting in the world wrote it. So it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to follow, uh, but we preserved it and we actually framed it and it's up in our, it's up in our training room. It's right like your now, first so. dollar, but right. Yeah, that's yes, right. Exactly. It's like framing your first dollar. Yeah. We, um, and, and that would, that I think was a really an important moment for us. Um, that we crystallized and immortalized what it is we wanted to stand for and um, were able to make and still make every decision based around those those core values and that mission statement and been able to preserve that. And it's fed through not just the culture within the four walls, but obviously how we treat our outside constituents like clients and carrier partners. And I read um, when I was doing my research, you know, you, you have – some really awesome benefits, um, for your employees. And I don't just, I don't mean health and, but you, you do professional development, you do, um, some healthy eating initiatives, um, yoga. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, so it's today at noon. If (laughs) only I wasn't in a skirt. Um, no, that's awesome. I love that you do that. And I think that that's, that's so important. So part of your your visioning and your core values, um, clearly for the customer, but also for your employees. How many employees do you have now? Uh, right now, we're just over 50. Over 50. And are they all located yes. here in this building in the Tri-Village area? So um, do you are, are there plans to grow? Do you think you're still growing? We are still growing. Um, this year has been an interesting year in the freight markets, and I won't, I won't go into too much detail on, on how that's resulted um, in the business. But We've done a lot of work, you're right, around professional development, health mm-hmm. and wellness, um, making it a place in which uh, people can start their career, grow their career. We hope we are um, helping to develop supply chain professionals for life, even if they don't spend their entire career with supply and logistics, mm-hmm. that they found a, a career. And, and you, people will still tell you today that if, if you build a career in supply chain, you'll never be unemployed. It's that's interesting. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great place to, to, to create, um, you know, a future an employment future. And, um, we want to be part of that. So we sure. want to continue to educate, um, our folks on things beyond their day-to-day job that have to do with supply chain, allow them to get professional designations, um, continue to challenge each other and, and grow as a team, begin to become managers or leaders within the business where they may not have had any of that previous, um, experience before. So the things we learned early on, besides it is maybe part of that looking yourself in the mirror every morning is mm-hmm. we wanted a, a culture that we wanted to come to work with every day. Right. right. We, we'd, we had all worked in some sort of toxic environment before. And, and I always thought it was sort of ludicrous. It's like these people have to show up to work too every day. Why, right. why, why are they enabling this? Which may be yeah. part of the solution. And so for us, it was about 
um, creating an environment where people are excited to come to work. They respect each other. They res- we don't have shouting or fighting in the office, which you can find in our space at other places. Um, everybody generally enjoys coming to work every day, we think, and, and doing the right thing. And I would certainly believe that having that kind of environment for your employees trickles down to the customer. And exactly. makes a difference of why people mm-hmm. use Zipline. And we have a, an absurdly high client retention rate. Um, I could tell you that it's a lot better than everybody else in our space, but no one publishes theirs. <laughs> uh, and that's probably a reason for that. Um, so we have you know high employee rate into retention rate. Customers that, that try us almost always stay with us for the long run. Um, we'll hear testimonials from the clients that we work with every day, right, whether over the phone or email, that, that we really do transact you know, on, the, on the ground floor with every day say that, that it's the best part of their day to be able to talk to so-and-so on the other end of the line. And, that's great. And that's what we're trying to, to put forth. Yeah. Well, clearly it's working. You have a lot of awards, mm-hmm. um, the Better Business Bureau uh, Torch Awards mm-hmm. for Business Ethics. You mm-hmm. guys are a winner of that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tough designation to get. Mm-hmm. So that's kudos to you. And you. you are um, you were just nominated for CEO of the Year, I believe. Entrepreneur of the year. Entrepreneur right, of yeah. the year. Yeah. See, I mean, yeah. it's what, what you're doing is working. Oh, I, that's thanks. that's really awesome, and I, I love that you guys are are here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I always say that our location is is really amazing compared to other suburbs because we're a mile from downtown Columbus, Ohio. So we have all of these these great built-in benefits of being so close to downtown, but having a suburban feel. Um, and I, I would think that'd be good also for your employees to have this be so close to everything, mm-hmm. but also have the you know parking and great restaurants nearby and being able to, to pop out at lunch and enjoy the neighborhood. So well, there's, there's no question, you know, to, we were talking before the, this began about um, how the lead time needed to choose a new location. If you're outgrowing your space or right. something unfortunate happens to the building or there's, there's mm-hmm. other plans for it. And for us, that was, we had at early on um, knowing that we were going to leave German village, that that, that part of town just didn't, wasn't going to work for the, the dense population and the parking needs that we had. Um, it was a no brainer that this area would be our home. It, it, it was a difficult process. It, I think great. it took us mm-hmm. over two years to, to finally find a location, sign the lease, the build out and everything it takes to actually come in and turn the lights on, on sure. day one. Um, but to find that combination of, of vicinity to, downtown to the growing parts of Columbus. Um, our average age is 28 years old. So, really? you know, for us to move into the far suburbs just wouldn't make sense from a commute standpoint. It's not where our, our um, employee base wants to be. Right. Um, we have the parking. We have the facilities. We've got room to grow. Um, it's it's really checks every single box. And I'm not sure that there's another another neighborhood around here. And not only that, it's, it's the 28 is our average age, but a lot of folks we hire in their early 20s and they get that first apartment. And, you know, maybe they're in the short north, maybe they're in Watermark, right, or, mm-hmm. you know, the quarry or somewhere. And then they maybe they get married and then maybe they start to have children. And they, we have, you know, someone that's been with us a long time that just bought his second home with a pool in Upper Arlington, right? Oh, well, you know, so them, he's still yeah. close by, right? And, yeah. And so they, they, we've been able to watch families. Um, and people grow personally, which yeah. is right here in this neighborhood through a couple of It, it really, truly is. I know people always say it's a great place to live, work, and play, but it really is a great place to live, work, and play. You know, there's, we're, as I said, we're so close to everything downtown in the short North Arts District that you can you can play pretty easily and um, certainly to live great schools and um, quality a, of life. And all it's of such that. a competitive um, environment to, to hire good mm-hmm. talent. Yes. And so you have to have ever, almost everything right. 
in today's job market. Yeah. Um, you know, everything from culture to to the benefits package, the economics of the deal, to their early career path. And location matters to folks almost sometimes more than any of those things. I right? agree. And, yes. And if somebody comes into to my office for a job and wants and lives an hour away, I mean – that's tough, right? You sure. just know that it's not, it's not going to be a great experience um, right. down the road. So right. it, um, to be close to where our employee base and prospective employees, future employees live and work and play is important. So, Well, it sounds like you have a, a phenomenal work environment yeah. and you have employees who've been there a long, long time. You mm-hmm. know, So that says something about uh, the, the culture that you've set yeah. to. So, um, Wally, thank you for joining me today for demystifying logistics a little bit more. I hope I could. <laughs> you did. You did. But really, I did want to focus on, on you and, and why you do what you do yep. and, um, and, this, and why you are successful. And, and I think we, we touched on those things today. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose, the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our... Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes. Okay, it's a circle of massive stones sticking up in the middle of a field in England. Could be goalposts, look a bit like goalposts, or dominoes. They look very heavy. It looks like someone's nicked half of them. How do they manage that? They look miles too big to get in a van. Words don't really do it justice, do they? Gotta see it, mate. Absolutely. Don't lose the picture. Search Specsavers free eye test online today. Offer ends 31st of October. Participating stores only. Conditions apply.